Este Florenzi, eccolo il cross tagliato di testa che gol! Go! Go! il magnifico, il magnifico, il magnifico rettore! Entertainment capital of the world. What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! There are no words to describe it! It's the TC Martin Show. Léger hors jeu, mais cette fois-ci, il n'y en a pas pour Marco Reus. Très fort devant le but! Oh, Prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. El largo pifio. Messi la tiene. Messi, Messi, Messi. Ahí está Iniesta. Gol. Number Deuce here on a Wednesday. T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank with you right here. And I'm Chuck on the other side of the glass. Thank you for listening. Remember, every Monday through Friday, of course, 2 to 4 p.m. Cosmopolitan on Fridays. Hoops and Hops will be there next Friday for the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Remember, it's on a Friday this year, a week from Friday. Can't wait for that. Look forward to that. And, of course, come out and see the show live this Friday. From the William Hill Sportsbook, where we're at each and every Friday. Got to love it. All right. College basketball, more talk here. Mount West Conference Tournament underway. The Thomas and Mack Center, UNLV involved in, well, they really weren't involved in the janitor game since they had the second game of the day. Wyoming blasted San Jose State, the true janitor game. But uh, really, not many fans, (laughs) no fans in the stands anyway. So every game could be like a janitor game, as I like to say. UNLV up 58-36 to with 11 minutes remaining in the game. So UNLV will march on to face number two-seeded Utah State tomorrow. That's a 6 o'clock start, and uh, that will be broadcast on CBS Sports Network. And our good friend Steve Lapis, who just joined the program, he will be on the call with that. And uh, again, Mountain West Conference Tournament, no fans, Thomas and Mack Center. So the Rebels uh, get into the quarterfinals. Yeah, and uh, obviously it's going to be, a uh, you would think, a much stiffer competition in that round. Uh, they will be the underdog in it, but we'll see what happens. We know that UNLV has uh, lost the teams that they probably should have beaten. They've beaten some teams that maybe they should have won. So, you know, anything can happen in the tournament. But they're definitely going to have to come out focused and ready to play against uh, this Utah State club. And uh, we'll see how it goes from there. There we go. All right, 58-36 UNLV leading Air Force uh, thus far. Okay, um, got some hockey news, man. Talk a little hockey news, a little breaking news, if you if you didn't hear this yet. Uh, the NHL returning to ESPN. That's right, starting next season, the uh, ESPN will have the broadcasts, all the broadcasts, exclusivity, along with their you know parent company, ABC. So ESPN and the NHL announced a seven-year agreement Returning hockey to ESPN for the first time since 2004. That will include 25 regular season games on ESPN or ABC, early round playoff games, and one conference final each year, four Stanley Cup final series on ABC, and more than 1,000 games per season streaming on ESPN+. And 
Hulu and their variety of networks. So, you know, we always see Barry Melrose being the featured ESPN guy with analysis uh, during SportsCenter and all that stuff. ESPN really was the hub for hockey going way back in the day. I mean, it was up until 2004 where they, they quit broadcasting it. But you go back to the inception of ESPN in you know, 1980 and then through the 90s and, again, being you know, based in Bristol, Connecticut. I mean, they were always all over the hockey coverage. Of course, you know, NBC has really taken over, but uh, ESPN is going to get the rights. So no more NBC, no more NBCSN after this season. Thoughts about ESPN getting back in the hockey game? Well, since I just recently got ESPN Plus, I'm kind of happy about that part of it. So, uh, you know, now I'm going to have to renew my membership for it and keep it to uh, watch the games. Obviously, you know, I I watch uh, a lot of hockey uh, as much as – well, I can't say as much as I can because that would literally be trying to watch every game. But uh, I watch hockey pretty much every night when it's going on. Uh, I I am excited about it. Uh, I'm curious to see how they decide how many games are on ABC as opposed to ESPN, but the added coverage. And, of course, ESPN with ESPN and the Deuce and ESPN News and ESPN U and everything else, and then the ESPN Plus as well. There's so many different places that they can put it. So uh, for a hockey fan, I I think this is good news. I frequently turn on the NHL network right now to catch on the fly with bonus coverage, and you don't know what games you're going to and not going to get a lot of time. So I think this might be a little bit more structured, and you might have a better idea what you're going to see so as a hockey fan I'm excited for it and like you mentioned uh you know they're not new to the coverage I just wonder if this means that Barry's Bistro is going to be back on the ESPN Sports Center because you know that was part of the that was part of the shtick there as well and then it kind of went away from that but uh Barry Melrose uh you know he he loves hockey and you know I I I just uh I guess it kind of makes sense too and maybe NBC knew this and maybe Doc Emmerich knew this because like you know it'd be sad if ABC took it and then Doc Emmerich wasn't a part of hockey but he's retired now anyhow, but yeah. I, am, I am curious to see exactly where they go and who they bring on and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff, if they're going to bring over some of the other guys announcing and everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, as a hockey fan, more coverage, the more the better as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's a great thing for the NHL because let's, let's be honest. I mean, the NHL is, is a secondary sport when it comes to, to television and ratings and that sort of thing, and a lot of that is because it's NBC. <laughs> NBC doesn't have the weekly coverage. You have to go to NBCSN to get that. Yeah, it's and not priority on their, it, on their it's docket. Not, it's not. But, again, ESPN, you know, hockey was a pretty decent priority. But now, since 2004 and everything, ESPN basically has everything. So they have their college basketball package. They've got the NBA package. You see the NBA split between ESPN and TNT. And so TNT gets it on Thursday nights, and then you have ESPN pretty much with their Wednesday-Friday coverage. I agree with you. I think it's going to be much more structured. It's going to be great for the diehard hockey fan because now you are on the worldwide leader of sports. You don't have to be, you know, trying to find it. And I know Golden Knights fans, you know, especially when there's that national televised game, they're used to going to, uh, you know, AT&T Sportsnet for for most of the games. But then again, it's like, okay, when NBC says, okay, we're going to take a game on a weekend, you know, maybe rare in prime time, it'll be on, you know, Channel 3 with our good friend Brian Salmon and thing. But then... NBCSN will be sometimes a weeknight game, but you're going to know where to go here. It's going to be very much structured. So my guess, and I have no idea about this, but just kind of knowing their landscape, I'm thinking they'll probably do a Tuesday, Thursday night package. I'm thinking is going to be pretty much, you know, hockey based because you got the Wednesday, Friday situation with the NBA and ESPN. But my question is with all of these sports now coming to ESPN, what does that mean for college basketball? I mean, college basketball, you know, Monday you're getting on ESPN, Tuesday you're getting it. 
you'll you maybe get an occasional game on, on a Wednesday or Thursday. You definitely get it on Thursday. So does this mean that college basketball is going to be bumped for the NHL? Or does that mean college basketball goes over to ESPN2 or the NHL goes to ESPN2? So it's going to be interesting to see all this. And I think that they're going to treat this just like the model with the NBA where the NBA has their Sunday games on, on ABC. Hopefully we get some Saturdays and Sunday hockey on ABC. Yeah, and, and, and again, I, I agree with you. And, and it does make you wonder what's going to happen with the other stuff out there. You know, uh, is college obviously CBS Sports is a big part of college basketball. Will they start showing even more games? Will other, uh, you know, will NBC maybe pick up some basketball or something a little bit more than they have right now or something? So I don't know what all that means, but just focusing on just the hockey part of it, I think it is a good thing. I am looking forward to it. Again, I mean, I'm, I'm a hockey nut. I'll, I'll watch a game that, uh, you know, other people maybe don't care about. And that's one thing that I have noticed about this season, especially in this town with a lot of Golden Knights fans. If it's not in the Vegas' division this year where you only play in the other teams, they don't necessarily know what Washington and Pittsburgh are doing right now or what's going on in the other divisions and that because they're not necessarily all hockey fans out here. A lot of them are just Golden Knights fans. So I'm I'm thankful again that ESPN is going to do it when it opens up again and everybody plays everybody and you do pay more attention because, again, the real hockey fans out there that just love the sport of hockey, this is going to give you a chance to check everything else out. Like I say, a lot of people are doing that now, but I know I had some people asking, like, oh, well, is Tampa Bay any good this year or something? Well, yeah, they're one of the best teams in the league. It's like, but, you know, there's hockey fans and there's Golden Knights fans. I don't know that this affects Golden Knights fans. Except for now, when they're not on AT and T Sportsnet, where are they going to go? But for hockey fans, this is great news. It is great news. And again, they might not be inundated with the the hockey on ESPN because if we really look into the information here, it says twenty five regular season games on ESPN or ABC. Then we got the early round playoff games, one conference final each year, four Stanley Cup series, all on, on ABC. And then we see more than a thousand games per season is going to be streamed on ESPN Plus. So this might be a majority of ESPN Plus because they still have those contracts with the NBA and college basketball. So if we do the math and we say twenty-five regular season games on ESPN or ABC, do the math here. Does that mean maybe once a week or maybe once every two weeks? Yeah, I mean it, it's not a ton. It it's actually sounds like maybe about the same or even less than NBC's doing right now yeah. when you take the two different things. Because remember, frequently on NBCSN, we'll we'll see double headers. You know, and on and, and on NBC, you know, and again that the other thing about it too was NBC didn't really start paying attention to hockey. They did on on, on the sports channel, but on NBC regular, hockey almost didn't even exist until after the Super Bowl. I'm curious to see what ABC is going to do about that. Are they going to kind of ignore it as far as ABC and everything's going to be on ESPN and ESPN2 and that sort of thing until after the Super Bowl or whatever when more people do tune into it? So I don't know exactly how they're going to do it. I also find it interesting that you said four of the Stanley Cup finals. Right. So that means that three of them are still – does NBC still own the rights to three of them or are they going to be on some other platform? You know that the, the Stanley Cup finals are going to be on someplace, mm-hmm. but where are they going to be? Yeah. Yeah, maybe NBC is still in play. Yeah, but that is so. Maybe there's a little bit of a back and forth yeah. in both things, which is a little unusual. It, it, it's very unusual because but, if 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 you're signing a seven year deal, that's usually an exclusive deal. 
Although but, in this day and age, it seems like everything seems to be crossed over more and more, and it's like, and and it, I know, I know it's not a sports thing, but like when you're watching game shows or other shows, remember when you used to see somebody and it'd be like, oh well, they're an actor, and so they're on the ABC sitcoms mm-hmm. or this that, or the other. Now you see people crossing over to doing everything. Yeah, you do. You know, and and it and it is kind of weird how that is now. So I don't really think that that's what it used to be. It's like everybody is an independent contractor to go wherever you can get a gig. And some of those, you know, are on parent company or sister companies as well too, because you know television is so much different than it used to be before. Where again, you've got ABC and ESPN, and then and then and now like like Hulu. I mean, that's all under that same umbrella. Dis- oh yeah. Dis- Disney, Disney Plus, and people think, well, those are all separate networks. Well, they're separate networks, but they're all under the same parent company. Yeah. So yeah, it's like the, kind of yeah. like the casinos out here, where it's like, there oh, go. well, this and that. Well, yeah, but this is an MGM Corporation, yeah. and then this is this, and this is that, or whatever. But yeah, now it's like you say, it's all like it's part of ABC Entertainment or NBC Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Or this like, well. You don't have to look any farther than the NCAA basketball tournament. The when the basketball tournament started, it's like catch the games on True TV on this one on the USA all Network on this that, same and the company. Other. They're yeah. all over the place. Yeah, CBS is in TNT and all that. That's USA Network. Those are all you know part of the same uh, parent company there. But this is a uh, this is interesting. Again, I, I'm glad you know for the hockey fan that this will be on ESPN. And you know you talk about how the NFL has different. You know, they have different partners. Now, it's the NFL. So, of course, they're involved with all of the networks, and they all, you know, have their games. And what I like about that is they all cross-promote. If you remember back in the day, I mean, if a game was on on ABC, they weren't promoting, hey, you know, go see the game on Fox. But we do see that, and that's kind of like a little friendly thing that I've been glad that we've seen where you'll see the game on Fox and they'll say, hey, don't forget, you know, these guys will be on NBC, you know, Sunday night football, you know, catch that tonight as well, too. So, you know, that's just for the betterment of everybody. And everyone is so possessive about their own ratings and everything. Bottom line is if you're cross-promoting, it's it's good for everybody. It really is, especially when you have an entity like the National Football League who is spread out over the various networks. And uh, as we look at this, maybe the NHL will – It'll be a tag team, you know, duo between ESPN and NBC. So, looking forward to that. Okay, uh, VGK at Minnesota here. They're going to face off in 45 minutes. Another uh, early start, four o'clock start, six o'clock Central Time Zone. And uh, the Golden Knights are coming off that two nothing loss on Monday. So, you know, we saw them. They were very Im- impressive last week, and we saw you know the series against Colorado. And in San Jose, they go and they swept the Sharks. Now, all of a sudden, uh, they got it handed to them. But then again, the Knights are dealing with some injuries. What's going to happen tonight as they take on the wild second go-round here? Well, obviously, Minnesota was going to come out. Uh, they own Vegas in Minnesota. Now, again, Marc-Andre Fleury played out of his mind. It was the 2 to nothing game, but they had the empty net goal, even though it didn't go in the net. So people are a little bit confused about that. But it was basically a, a breakaway goal that uh, didn't go in the net, but they said that he impeded it, so they were allow- allowed the goal. But really, it was a one to nothing game. Fleury played well, but, you know, when your team doesn't score at all, well, you're not going to win a hockey game. Uh, they're a different team without Mark Stone and Alex Petrangelo. I don't know what Stone's status is for tonight. I did hear that McNabb uh, still hadn't been on the ice. I think Stone is out again. I know Petrangelo is out because he's come back here to Vegas. 
they're looking at his wrist and his hand here. So, you know, now there's a little bit of fear that uh, his hand might be even worse than they originally thought it was. Uh, there's been no indication of what it is. Is it a bruise? Is it a broken bone? Is there something else? Is surgery going to be required? Right now, everybody's speculating. But we know Petrangelo's out tonight. Um, they've also assigned Robin Leonard to the Silver Knights, not as a participant playing in that, but he'll be practicing with the club there as he tries to rehab and get ready to join the Golden Knights again, hopefully soon. Remember, they put him on the long-term IR recently, but they backloaded that, so he's actually eligible to come back at any time. Looks like Logan Thompson is going to go up, and he'll be uh, backing up with Marc-Andre Fleury right now. Oscar Dance is coming down. Uh, it looks like maybe to get a game or two with the Silver Knights to keep him sharp as well, so they're making a little bit of moves in that, but uh, well, without Petrangelo there and I think White Cloud's okay remember he left the ice the last time but they said that was more precautionary so they're a little bit dinged up and banged up right now and they know that uh, Minnesota is going to do everything in their power they want to get another victory against this club the one thing about Minnesota is it's a it's always been a bad matchup for Vegas but if Fleury's on his game they've always got a chance to win if Cam Talbot starts for Minnesota I think that's actually a plus for Vegas because I don't think he's as good as the youngster that was uh, in there that got the shutout the last game for Minnesota but the one thing that is really weird about Minnesota, they have the worst power play in the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> when, when they go on the power play, you almost look at it, you almost see him looking around like, no, 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 he didn't really trip me. I'm fine. I'm this. I mean, I think they're over their last 18. They've only had five power play goals this entire season. So Vegas's penalty kill has been pretty good, but uh, you know that Minnesota they're really pressing on that power play right now. When Vegas is a penalty, it might not be the worst thing in the world, but you also don't want to give up that first goal in a long time for him either. I, I think Vegas has a great shot tonight, but Minnesota, they're looking for a little bit of revenge. Remember, they, they, they played a tough game here in Vegas. Then the second one got a little bit out of hand where Vegas won them both. That one, that one game was incredible uh, with the comeback. Last game was nick and tuck. It, it was a one-goal game. You know, I mean, realistically, it was 2 to nothing, but it was a one nothing game. Minnesota... They want to win on home ice. I still think Vegas is the better team. But if Stone and Petrangelo aren't there again, somebody else has to pick it up from the offensive standpoint. Right, you mentioned Talbot in goal for Minnesota. It is confirmed that Kakanen will be the okay, yeah, so, in goal tonight. Yeah, and, and I think that's – I was surprised that Talbot got both starts down here in Vegas, to yeah. be honest with you. And not that he's a bad goalie, but there's a reason that he was in Edmonton and then he went to Calgary and now he's here. I mean, Devin Dubnik, the, who, who used to be their goaltender, was a better goalie. And, and, and how he didn't get the first start when San Jose played Vegas and they played Martin Jones, who Vegas always chases. Sometimes I do question coaching uh, philosophies and what they're doing, and I know there's, oh, well, that's why you're sitting behind a microphone and they're on. Just because you're a coach or something like that doesn't mean that you always make the right decision out there. You know, sometimes the peanut gallery is right about stuff like that. So, But um, we'll see. But but this young goaltender, I think he's 6'2", so he's not gigantic by today's goalie standards, but he's really athletic, and that was his first shutout the last game. So right now he's right. playing with a lot of confidence. And the Golden Knights, a slight favorite tonight, a minus 115 road favorite. And that doesn't surprise Minnesota. me because yeah. Vegas is, I mean, they still have the best record in the NHL. Right. And, and Marc-Andre Fleury, all he gives them a chance to win. I mean, mm. it's not like Minnesota crushed them. Right. They won a one nothing game. If Vegas scores and all of a sudden Minnesota has to come from behind, they're not exactly a scoring juggernaut. Yes, the Wild uh, seven two and one in their last ten. So they have played well in some of their games. Yeah, Yeah, and and as we know, against the Golden Knights, they play well too. Which is what's really weird is that they have played that well, and their power play is still that abysmal. Mm -hmm. Well, you you talk about I don't want to say abysmal, but you know the Golden Knights again. Just they're having their problems. You know, getting the puck in the net as well too. 
And you know, I, I be, what are they? What are they? Tenth in 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 offense? I guess that's really not that bad. But the uh, uh, you know only averaging a little bit more than three goals per game. Yeah, I mean, it's it, and again, I mean, you know, teams go up and down, and you have struggles and different things, and there's you know personality changes, and sometimes you run into a hot goaltender or you hit some post or whatever too. But uh, but yeah, for whatever reason, right now Minnesota's power play is not clicking at all. Vegas, I mean, I still think they have a lot, uh, a, a lot of potential. But again, Stone is leading the team in points. And Petrangelo, although some people think that he's not performing to the level that they thought he would when they first signed him, I still think he's fitting in with his club in that. But he's a big part of that power play. And, and, and you know, he is one of the main cogs on it. You don't have him in the lineup. That, that changes a lot of things. It not only changes what Petrangelo does, but it also changes your other matchups on defense of who everybody else is playing with. So the Golden Knights on this uh, six-game road trip uh, after tonight's game, or including tonight's game, they've got uh, you know three games in four nights. So after tonight's game against the Wild, then they'll travel to St. Louis, take on the Blues on Friday and Saturday. So again, game tonight, travel day tomorrow, and then uh, in St. Louis for uh, you know back-to-backs. Going back to this again, Mark Andre Fleury. How many games are we going to see him? Because obviously. You know, Leonard's not traveling with the team. He's here in Henderson, so I expect that I don't think we're going to see Flurry in all three games, even though it is against St. Louis. And, you know, you got to get these points when you can against these teams that are right behind you. Well, and there's some talk right now, too, that maybe one of the reasons that they called up Logan Thompson was not just to get Danska start down here with the Silver Knights, but that maybe Thompson has earned himself a start in the NHL to see what he can do. He's played very well with the uh, Silver Knights. Uh, he's a young goaltender that they think could be a goalie of the future. I wouldn't be shocked to see him uh, playing a game. I know Gary Lawless, who, uh, you know, does the Golden Knights games on TV. Uh, he also does some of stuff on the radio. But he's been uh, lauding this guy all season long, saying that he thinks that he is a potential NHL goalie and, and a quality one down the road or something like that. Maybe we see him in one of these games here. And that's the one thing that scares me the most about Petrangelo getting called back here to Vegas. Because for anybody that thinks it's not something serious, and I'm not saying it is because I don't know for sure, but you would think that if there was one place that he'd want to go this season on the road, it would be to St. Louis. For him to come back to Vegas and not take the trip to St. Louis for everything he meant to that city, and I know there's not fans in that, but there's still his former teammates and things like that, you know, to reevaluate and look at it, I have a feeling he could be out for a while. Mm. I hope I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, it, it's not a good taste when they say, look, we need to get you back to Vegas right now to get this thing reevaluated and checked out and that. And, you know, and you're not going to go to the place where you were the captain of the team and help win a Stanley Cup. Right. For the most part, aside from the Leonard injury, the Golden Knights have been relatively healthy this year. I think oh, they've definitely been healthy. Very, and now, again, you, know, you mentioned Stone is a game time uh, decision tonight. And looking ahead, again, a little tough stretch here. I mean, injuries always play a major factor when you're looking at this situation here. Without Stone, without Pacioretty, and then maybe, you know, sounds like Leonard is on his way back, mending back here. Uh, how much of a factor do you think this is here in the next couple of weeks? Well, if Stone were to be out for a long time, yeah. that'd be a huge factor. He's the leader of this team. They put the the captain C on him, and he has embraced it. He's the cog that makes everything offensively go. That's one of the big reasons they got shut out in that last game. Yeah. Stone is not only leading the team in points, but he's setting everybody, everybody else up. We talk about the game that he had five primary assists. That means that he was literally the reason to set up every goal. He's scoring big goals. Pacioretty, I think, has three overtime game-winning goals this year. 
pretty much because Stone sets them up every time. They work together great. Two guys that didn't necessarily care for each other when they were playing on opposite teams have come together here, and you think that they were long-lost brothers or something. They are just performing, and whoever plays on the line with them has just been fortunate enough to be playing with them. They are great together. But, again, Stone is one of those things. When he's not in the lineup, not only are you missing your best player, you could argue Marc-Andre Fleury is their best player, but the best skater on the club this year, without a doubt, has been Mark Stone, and that also that starts the dominoes again. Now every line is different. Everything's a little bit different and mixed up a little bit. So that's a huge loss. And Petrangelo, although he's not putting up the big numbers that some people thought he would, and I still think, like I say, he's still trying to get used to this club and find out exactly what his role on it is. He was the captain of a Stanley Cup winning team. He's an all-star. He's one of the best defensemen in the entire NHL. His presence not being on the ice with his knowledge and everything else that he does, that could be a huge loss. And that's one of the reasons, as well as Marc-Andre Fleury's played, and he's played exceptional, one of the reasons he does it is because the defense in front of him is good. And Petrangelo is kind of the quarterback and the captain of that defensive squad out there. It's a big loss. And he's not even on the bench to help people out or whatever right now. So it's not something that they shouldn't be able to weather because this division still isn't that good. St. Louis probably not a team that you want to run into, but it is part of the game. I mean, right now, you know, I keep on saying how Colorado and Vegas are the two best teams in this division. And some people have pointed out to me, well, Colorado, they're struggling a little. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon's been hurt. Londis has been hurt. Well, everyone's Cole go through been hurt yeah. again. Yeah. Everybody gets injured in the NHL. But when your top defenseman – and your top scorer are the two guys that are injured, that's hard to replace for any club in the league. Golden Knights, 16-5-1, still in first place in the West. And again, three games and four nights. Minnesota Wild, you can watch it uh, tonight, AT&T Sportsnet, 4 o'clock early start, the game in Minnesota. All right, updating you on UNLV. Uh, two minute, two and a half minutes to go, and the Rebels in total control over Air Force as expected. The seven seed UNLV leading Air Force, the tenth seed, seventy six to forty seven, and the Rebels will face Utah State tomorrow night at six o'clock Mountain West Conference quarterfinals. We'll be out there checking all of that out uh, tomorrow night as well, too, and looking forward to the Mountain West Conference. Uh, Real exciting watching the WCC. Of course, Gonzaga, the number one team in the land, best team in the country. They were tested last night to BYU, but BYU uh, folded the 10 a little bit. I really don't want to say fold the 10 because they played outstanding in that first half, but Gonzaga just played better in the second half, and Gonzaga gets the 10-point victory. So now they have a week to rest, and they know they're going to Indianapolis. They know they're going to be the number one seed, so we'll keep an eye on the Gonzaga Bulldogs as they get ready to try to be the first team to go undefeated since the 75-76 Indiana Hoosier team back in the day. All right, when we come back, we'll talk more college hoops. Southern Utah, yes, a couple-hour drive away. They're in the big sky, and one of UNLV's own, their former coach, Todd Simon, has led this uh, miraculous run by the Thunderbirds from Southern Utah. They're on the verge of going to the tournament. They start their conference tournament as the number one seed. So we'll talk to Todd Simon when we come back. Now, now, more from your favorite sports radio physician. That boy is good. The doctor, T.C. Martin. All right, the madness definitely upon us 
And again, the WCC, we saw that last night. Gonzaga marching on to victory. UNLV gets a victory over Air Force, 80-56, to 56, the final score there. So UNLV will face Utah State at the Thomas & Mack Center tomorrow, 6 o'clock, as the Aggies and the Rebels. So the Rebels make it to the quarterfinals, but as expected with that victory over Air Force today. All right, what is happening in Cedar City, Utah? I'll tell you what's going on there. The Southern Utah Thunderbirds, that's what's happening there. And join us now, the former UNLV assistant coach and also head coach and also alumni of UNLV. I'm going to throw that in as well, too. Just named the Big Sky Coach of the Year and uh, can great success this year with a fantastic season, 19-3, 12-2 in the Big Sky. Our good friend, Todd Simon. Todd, what's going on, my man? Oh, we're just having a good time getting ready to play uh, tomorrow at uh, at 11 in our opening game. So, there, yeah, things are exciting here. There it is, man. Well, congratulations. Uh, like I said, I mentioned the record, 19-3 and overall, 12-2. and You've increased the win total every season since you've been there, since you took over, uh, going back to 2016. I mean, you guys go from six wins to 13 wins, 7-15 and last year, and then 19-3 and this year. Uh, just tell us, man, I mean, how you've built this program to the success that you've had where, let's be honest, I mean, it hadn't really seen any type of success before you got there. Yeah, you know, it was a challenge uh, that we were excited about, you know, way back when we kind of uh, made this leap. You know, we knew they'd, you know, kind of gotten some dark times in terms of uh, struggling and to, to find wins. And, and uh, but, it was, but something, you know, as you go through the business, you kind of figure out things that you like. I enjoy the building process. And uh, so this was going to be kind of an ultimate challenge to get outside the comfort zone and try to build this thing and, and, and see if we can make a winner here. And, and now as we've kind of just piece by piece built this thing and, and, and now we're kind of seeing the fruits of our labor, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun to, to get the uh, community behind it. You know, we've got a ton of tremendous support uh, and, uh, and the fans are coming out, the student section is coming out. So, yeah, it's, it's been great. And you guys have been allowed to have fans in Utah, correct? We have, and uh, we get twenty five percent, about half the season we've had it. And uh, but you know, you know, which is which is good and bad. You, you know, you know, the, the the downside is you know, last year we were getting about eighteen hundred students, and and people were really buying in. I think this year we could have been selling the place out, but uh, but we got a raucous uh, fifteen hundred when when we were allowed to. So it, it's been good. That is awesome. All right, so you're recruiting in a rural area, small town, small conference in the big sky. You have no TV. What kind of players have you gone after, and and what is your recruiting pitch? Take me to that living room, Todd. I want to be in that living room right now. Let's hear hear that Todd Simon recruiting pitch to come be a Thunderbird. Well, you know, it's unique here. It is unique. Uh, We've got a different deal. We're a relationship-based program. To be honest with you, Probably half our roster never been to Cedar City before they uh, showed up for classes. We, we were our history uh, of uh, taking care of guys and, and getting a lot of transfers, transfers having success. And so you know, when we sit down, the number one, we want to know what these, what, what what the person's about. It's as much as a of a recruiting pitch as it, as it is. Hey, are you a fit for us? As much as we are the other way around and. And uh, we've got a lot of confidence in our player development. We just say, hey, we, we literally show them this is exactly what you're going to do every day. This is how you're going to get better. 
and these are the numbers they're going to produce. You know, we're, I think, fifth or sixth in the nation in, in uh, scoring, you know, and say, hey, if you're interested in run, running up and down the floor and, and scoring the ball and, 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 and playing, you come here, and you're going to be able to do that if you put the work in. If you don't have interest in putting the work in and, and, and being a great player, then let's agree to be friends and keep it moving. But, uh, you know, that, that's what we're really selling. We're selling our style of play. We're selling our history of putting guys – professionally overseas or, or the NBA or whatever, maybe it have you. And, and, and we're selling the relationship point. We, 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 we want to lead the nation in enthusiasm. And uh, I, I think our players are our best recruiters for us. You got a Todd Simon, former UNLV head coach. He's got the UNLV connections, head coach at Southern Utah. has been there since 2016, doing a great job. Big Sky Coach of the Year. Join us here on the T.C. Martin Show along with Ballpark Frank. You know, Todd, when it comes to a, a team like that and you first take over that job, you know, I don't want to say there's no expectations, but maybe the expectations aren't as high as going to a school with a lot of tradition and winning pro- process and that. In some ways, is that an advantage because you can go in there and you can just kind of say, okay, I kind of have a blank canvas here. I have a vision for down the road. Like you said, you're going to get players that you're looking for that fit into your system, that want to come to the school, but you also want to get the right guy there. Is there some advantages to coming in there, getting to build the program and put it in the image that you want to from the start and have a little bit of a free hand to do that? You know what was great about it is the ability to uh, experiment in some ways. You know, we're, when you don't necessarily have uh, you know, all those eyeballs, maybe we, we try some stuff from maybe from a scheme standpoint, um, you know, personnel standpoint, some things that you think, you know, you could try, and, and but you know, if you're in the middle of a championship season, you know, we're not going to put five guards out there and do something unique, or you know, we've got some unique zones and things that we've created that maybe you don't take that risk in, in a season where you're trying to win. So that standpoint is good, but in terms of expectations, you, you know, I beat myself up every day because we haven't won a championship sooner, you, you know. So I'm never. Whatever the expectation is, I'm always going to have more pressure on our, on on myself and and my staff and our and our team to perform than than probably whatever the external pressure always is. So Todd, let's go back a little bit. And when you were here at UNLV, when you know when Dave Rice was let go in 2016, obviously that was very very controversial. You're part of that staff. You finished out the season as the head coach. I know you wanted an opportunity to be the next head Rebels coach. How much did you actually want to have that job going back in time? I know it's worked out for you fantastic because I know you wanted to lead and be your, you know, have your own program, but just kind of take some of those Rebel fans back because there were a lot of Rebel fans that wanted you to have that shot. You know, uh, the conversation at the time when, when the change was made, we had had a conversation and, and uh, you know, when, when, it was kind of turned over part of the conversation was, you know, they're doing a national search and, and really didn't want, you know, any campaigning and, and it was going to be an external hire. And, and that was kind of the expectation, uh, you know, right from the jump. So I respected that. And, uh, so I never really, you know, pursued that or, or tried to push the envelope. I, I, I was not my role. I did not want to become a distraction. I, my number one job at that point was, to make a great experience and, and for those players that deserved it that, that we brought into the program and try to make things as normal as possible 
uh, internally that way. So I didn't want to really be in the, uh, uh, a, a distraction. You know, obviously deep down, you know, you, you have an attachment when you live in a city for 12, 13 years and you're an alum. You, that's a different story. But uh, that wasn't really my place at that time. And, and uh, we were just kind of focusing on getting getting through day to day. You know, when it comes to coaching in a conference like the Big Sky, a lot of people maybe aren't that familiar with that conference. What did you uh, – has anything surprised you about that conference there? And how would you describe the Big Sky when you're telling people that maybe aren't as familiar with exactly the level of basketball and the teams and everything in that conference? Well, it, it, it really surprised me. I mean, it's, a, it's a really darn good conference. I mean, every year it's a top 20 uh, out of 32 conferences. It's not a – it's not one of the low, low majors in terms of performance every year. It's, it's really good. And, and that was a first surprise because it's kind of a, it's kind of off the beaten path, right? We're not in major markets. We're not in major TV deals. We don't have any of those things. And, and so when I got here, uh, you know, you're kind of recruited a Mountain West roster and you say, oh, oh, hold on a second. This is a different deal. We have some really good coaches uh, across the board. You know, many of, you know, obviously Jeff Linder was now at Wyoming, but you kind of see, even, you know, the, the Pac-12 is littered with big sky guys, and and so the coaching is off the charts in this league. You have different styles, and the amount of shooting in this league, everybody can shoot in this league. In the Mountain West, it was a uh, knockdown, dragout. We had to really find ways to create tempo because people teams wanted to slow it down. This league, everyone's like, hey, we'll run with you, and we're going to throw a bunch of snipers on the floor and. And, and, and good luck. And it's, and it's very oldly, you know, a lot of junior college guys are turned missionaries, you name it. Uh, so it's a, it's a great league. That's why I think every year in the non-conference you see big sky teams kind of knocking people off. No, and you're right. I mean, people who are familiar with seeing Weber State, the teams like Montana, Montana State, you know, go to the NCAA tournament. Those are a lot of sharp shooting teams uh, You know, can really, you know, produce offensively. And you're right. You, you do get those, those JC transfers. And, you know, what you've, you know, done there at Southern Utah, kind of build the way you want to build. I mean, that's a, a great testament to you. But I'll, I'll even answer your question for you. Frank asked you about when it, about your surprise. I, I know what the big surprise was when you first went there. Going to the Hornet's Nest, baby. Going to my alma mater. You said, what the heck is this, man? How can Sacramento have this tiny little high school gym in the Hornet's Nest? Oh, it's a, it's a, I've, I've seen some things now. It, it was uh, – you know, community locker rooms. Yep. Uh, you've we've seen some stuff now, and and uh, but you know that's that's part of it though. And I think that's that uh, uh, with, with our team, it's kind of part of our theme. You know, we don't need anything. So we need two buckets of ball. Give 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 us a five on the floor, and we got to coach them up. That's our job, and that's always been our our mentality. And and uh, we get we get some new transfers from high majors, and they buy into it. You know, it's back to our roots. Hey Todd, that Hornets nest, that gym is exactly the same as when I was there in the in the eighties and the early nineties, my friend. It hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> the same bleachers, same locker room, same everything, my friend. What's up with that? <laughs> oh man, hey, uh, it, 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 yeah, and, and it, it, it lulls you. It lulls you to sleep because hey. you don't respect them. They, he's the toughest nails coach too. It, well, Brian Katz and I, we uh, actually knew each other. We coached against each other, you know, high school ball in Sacramento. And I can't believe he's he's still there. They keep bringing him back. And then the Hornets haven't had much success. So uh, so, so I, I'm glad you beat my alma mater a couple times this year. Congratulations, my friend. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he is Todd Simon. They are uh, the number one seed in the big 
uh, Sky Conference Tournament tomorrow. Okay, here's my thing, man. I know I was joking with you. We were talking a couple days ago. But you guys are playing with 11 o'clock in the morning. You're the number one seed. That's the janitor game, Todd. We call it the janitor game. The number one seed is not supposed to be opening up the gym. Well, come on. You got to get some pull there. What's going on? No, I love it. I love it. You know what? It gives you the rest of the day and the night, you know, to, to get some good food, yeah. I guess. There you go. That's a, we're 6 a.m. Let's roll the balls up. We're, we're ready to play right now. Let's turn the, turn the park lights on. Let's go. So we, 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 we love all of it and all the quirks. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, 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 there's only silver lining. So we'll take, we'll take whatever time they give us. And this, and this is in Idaho as well, too. And I know that's uh, moved around a little bit. They used to play this in Reno. Uh, how did this end up yep. in Idaho? Yeah, you know, they, they, after the Reno uh, a few years, they they just kind of opened it up, and obviously, you know, I was trying to get down to Vegas, uh, and, and you know, that was a, a, some talk just with all the other tournaments down there. It makes such a cool, uh, you know, postseason vibe to have all those tournaments in town. But uh, you know, Boise has a great arena up here with uh, at the Grove, and uh, you know, it's actually a great, great city up here. I really enjoy Boise. Right. All right, so coaching in this pandemic environment obviously has has got to be be a tough thing for you. I mean, everyone you know lost games you know due to COVID. Take us through from a coaching standpoint what this has been like, and give us like a typical road trip on on what you guys have had to do different this year in comparison to in the past and being so careful. Oh, I mean, this COVID years. I mean, we want to talk about. Uh, curveball after curveball, but we, you know, we lost all of our non-conference games. Just about we had to reschedule. We lost Kansas, lost Michigan, lost Wake Forest. You know how, how we like the schedule, and and so we're constantly just constantly on the move, trying to move dates, play games, and and uh, you know, and then we've had three stoppages, I believe now, three stoppages, and went three weeks between league games. I mean, it was it was a challenge, but we never had one bad practice, which is a testament to our our group. You know, they love basketball and. And so that's part of it. We just, hey, we got to bring the juice every day so that our players bring the juice every day. And uh, so you get beat up <laughs> six hours uh, before practice. You get beat up in the office. And then two hours, you got to absolutely be the uh, most enthusiastic guy in the world. That's That's been the biggest the biggest thing for us. And then, you know, flipping that around, uh, uh, you, you know, now you got the protocols. I mean, we're, we got seating charts in the bus. we got seating charts in the film room. You know, space out. We're putting drills. We got guys over here. Only this guy can guard this guy because he's had COVID. He hasn't had COVID. Uh, this guy can't get reps. You go stand at the rim by yourself. I mean, it's 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 wild. I got a little I got a little blinker on me right now. And if I get <laughs> too close to somebody, I I get zapped. I think I'm not for sure. But I mean, it's wait, wild. wait, are you on probation? You trying to tell us something here? What's going on here, <laughs> That's man? What I'm saying. I feel like I'm on house arrest over here. But <laughs> we're we're uh, we're yeah, we're just. We're just trying to figure it out, you know, and and uh, wow. but you know what, everyone else is too. There's, yep. there's, we're all we're all in the same thing together. Everyone's got the same adversities, and and uh, you know, so we're just battling through it, and and we we thrive on it. The guys love it. We 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 laugh about it. We said this is going to be a fun story. You can either make it a fun story with a lot of success, or you can say, uh, you know, just push it aside and say that was an excuse. So we'll just choose choose to make it a story. Well, we know that in the regular season, the Thunderbirds have been flying high in the big sky. Now going into the tournament with the expectations and the kind of bullseye on your back, is that put more pressure on you or does it just go 
come on and get it because, uh, you know, it's tournament time anyhow, and you expect expectations. And it's, I guess it's better to go and be in the favorite than being an underdog and having to try to impress everybody. You, you know, it, it, sometimes you get exactly what you want. You know, and we, we, that was our speech today was sometimes you get exactly what you want. And, and when you get it, hey, you've you got to be ready for it. This is what we wanted. So there's no need for nerves. We're prepared. We've done everything we can prepare for. There's nothing changes. It's game uh, 23, and, and we just do what we do. We don't need to do anything differently. Our, our, our game is enough to, to win. And, uh, and, and so that's, that's kind of the, the, the speech that we're, we're, we're preaching is do what we do, control what we can control, and, and uh, we're going to be just fine. The preparation's already done, so there's no, no sense, uh, you know, over uh, laboring the point. You know, Todd, you rattled off some of those non-conference games that you guys uh, that lost. I mean, you're talking about Michigan, Wake Forest, you know, Kansas. Those are some big money games. And speak to that factor with college basketball, with these smaller schools, smaller conferences, where you do rely on those those big money games. I mean, we hear a lot about with UNLV on the football side, but for you guys in basketball, that means a lot too. How have you guys been able to survive all this? Yeah, it's 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 a challenge. It's a challenge in a regular year because you know financially, it's a different playing field on a different levels, particularly in basketball where. There's a dramatic difference. I mean, we're probably, and, and it's not a slight to any, any of us, but probably most of the big sky schools are probably closer to the non-D ones they're, they're playing than, say, a Mountain West team that they were playing in uh, in a bye game financially. And but no one cares, so that doesn't matter. We got all oh, this is here's who the layout is, and you know maybe we can't go see a kid seven times that the rules allow. You know what? Maybe we get to see him one time, and then we better be damn sure we're right. And and then. Outwork everybody. You know what I mean. That's just you got to make it up with time, time and money. If you don't have a lot of money, you better spend more time, and, and that's that's the reality of it. But you need those buy games, and, and that's a uh, a tough deal for programs like ours that that need four or five or six of those games where you know you got to go on the road and play somebody uh, at their place and, and and try to come out on top. All right, Todd Simon joined us, former UNLV coach, UNLV ties here, of course. Coach of the Year, Big Sky Conference with his Southern Utah Thunderbirds, number one seed, as they start conference play, uh, tournament play tomorrow. Todd, you mentioned earlier, too, that a lot of times the first time that somebody's seen City City is when they come down to play for you guys and get ready to go for to the school there. What are their impressions, and uh, do some of them, does that maybe help you with recruiting down the road? Because people go, you know what, this is a really nice place, and I really like it here. Yeah, it- you know, we just be honest. We say, hey, this is what it is. This is what you're getting into. There's not going to be distractions. Okay, we're going to have the gym. The gym's open 24-7. You know, our phones are on 24-7. You know, if you're about basketball and you're about getting better, then, then this is, you're going to have a great experience. You're going to absolutely love it. You know, if, you're, if you need the rest of it, then, then this isn't the right fit. You know, there's no, just no, no harm, no foul. There's a lot of players you know, across the globe, and that's why we recruit internationally and, and tra- you know, transfers, JUCO, you name it. we got to have the biggest net in the world. So uh, we just got to keep it real. But the ones that buy into what we just explained, they, they love it, you know, and I think a lot of the players come back and they understand that it's a genuine place with real people that, that genuinely care for one another. And at the end of the day, if you're into relationships with people, 
this place is, is elite. All right, I don't want to get uh, too ahead here, but I'm going to. I know you don't want me to, but you know, number one seed, I'm thinking you guys got a legitimate shot here. I know you feel that way too, a legitimate shot to go to the NCAA tournament. So I got to ask you, man, are, are you kind of in the back of your mind working on that little celebration dance, that little ESPN Sports Center moment, my friend? What is that Todd Simon dance going to look like? Oh, man, you know. Big balls aren't supposed to move like that, but uh, you know we got to come up with something. You don't get to dance very much, so uh, it's going to be ugly. Uh, it's going to be uncoordinated, and uh, but it's going to be pretty hyped with the guys. So uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I know this. Uh, I know on Saturday it was the longest. It felt like eight minutes of uh, of uh, coolers being poured on me, and it was the best eight minutes of all time. So I'll gladly uh, gladly be in those locker rooms. After a big win. There it is. Nunchuck. I need, I need some jams. There we go. I need, I need, there we go. Todd Simon shaking it up. There it is in Idaho. There, the Gatorade getting poured on it. Let's see those moves, big guy. Come on. I know you got it in you. There it is. Yeah, we're, we're going. That's my biggest task of the week. I think I get that working. All right, man. Uh, I know you've invited me to, to come there, man. Check it all out. I got to go to Rusty's Roadhouse. I heard that's the hidden gem, man. You know I'm a foodie. So what's the deal? Is Rusty's a real deal? What do you compare it to here in Vegas? No, absolutely. Great food and uh no, it's tucked away in the mountains. I mean, you can't you can't pay for uh, you can't compare the the ambiance of being tucked in the up up the hill a little bit and and uh, a little getaway and and you know it's beautiful. Sometimes your phone service ain't great, which is even better. And you get to enjoy a little company. So no, it's a great great little spot. When, when our boy C Win comes up there to visit you, I hope he's picking up the tab because I know that guy can eat like me. Except they, I can shed <laughs> it, he can't. So uh, hopefully you make him uh, pick up the tab from some of his caveman Kino winnings. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to keep that in mind. I got to put that in my back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, all seriousness, man, uh, congratulations. Uh, happy for you. I've always enjoyed the time that we got a chance to spend uh, together here at Thomas and Max Center, UNLV, you coming on the show. And uh, it's always great to catch up with you, man. I'm rooting you on. Uh, I know a lot of people in Vegas are rooting you on as well, too. So uh, good luck with that first game tomorrow, man. Hopefully you can run the gamut. And uh, we're, we're seeing your face uh, in your team on, on CBS here next week. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. I certainly appreciate it, and uh, you guys always been so good to me. I certainly appreciate the support, and uh, hopefully we we just got to win uh, four minutes at a time, get to the next media timeout, and we'll see what happens. But uh, but you know, tournament March Madness, anything can happen. Now we're all zero and zero, so we got to lock in. You got it, man. All right, appreciate it, Todd. Take care, brother. Thank you for having me. You got it. There he is, Todd Simon, Southern Utah University. Their basketball program. He has taken this team, he took over in 16-17. They went from six wins to 13 to 17, 17 and 15 last year, 19 and 3 right now, 12 and 2 in conference. I, I know that conference very, very well. So again, there's you know, you always get a surprise in there, whether it's a Weber or a Montana or whatever. And again, Southern Utah. Hope they do well. Rooting them on. Yeah, by the way, Chris Wynn will pick up the tab, and then he'll read the total off to you when he hands it to you, too, <laughs> as the waiter comes on to, to get the check. By the way, I want to throw this yeah. in real quick, too, because you were just playing all yeah. skate. Yes. Mark Stone is skating in the pregame warm-up. There we go. So it looks like he will be playing for the Golden Knights. That's a big advantage to their offense maybe getting back rolling tonight. Get a couple points for the Golden Knights tonight. Uh, they're getting ready to face off in a matter of moments in Minnesota tonight. So good stuff. I want to thank Todd Simon for joining us. Steve Lapis, the coach, CBS Sports. 
who is covering and be on the call for the Mountain West Conference Tournament with CBS uh, this week. All right. So, for VGK Frank, yours truly, saying so long. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, check it all out. Check out everything. We're on Spotify, iTunes, or on all the major p- podcast platforms. So, go check all of that stuff out at anywhere you want. Drive you to the website, though. Check out the classic interview page. All of the interviews are up and everything else. It's all there for you at tcmartinshow.com. Back at it tomorrow on a Thursday. More college hoops talks, VGK, and a whole lot more. TC Martin Show. See ya!